There was no access to baby formula for so many people. And really, it comes down to, it's all because of the capitalistic, monopolistic greed that comes before decency in our country. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. I've been thinking, Cindy, about how hard it is to be a new mom. Oh, so true. It's really challenging. You remember the lack of sleep, the constant need to be available to a helpless baby? Sure do. And for so many... Not enough maternity leave, if any at all. So many decisions to make. Go back to work. Who watches your child when you do? How to feed her? You have to stop breastfeeding so that you can go back to work. Or should you or could you pump in the closet there? (laughs) Yeah, it's so challenging. And there's so little support. I don't feel like this country supports new moms at all. Well, and then there's the baby formula crisis. What I'm saying. (laughs) In May 2022, last spring, baby formula products were out of stock all over the nation. Some amount of being out of stock is typical. For example, the average out of stock rate was between two to eight percent at the beginning of the year. But in some states, the out of stock level reached a rate of 50 percent. 50 percent. Like, why should it ever be out of stock? It's a necessity. So if you were relying on formula to feed your baby, what are you supposed to do? What alternatives do you have? Very tricky. And the cost of infant and specialized formula was already too high for a lot of people who need it. But recent health and safety issues, supply chain problems, COVID-related problems, caused the price of baby formula to go up even higher, well beyond a point of affordability for a lot of people, especially people struggling after the financial difficulties brought on by the pandemic. What are people supposed to do? Well, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Over the past year, the average cost of some of the most popular baby formula products went up as much as 18%. Even before that increase in prices, families were already spending $1,500 a year or more just on formula. I feel like this is so insane. And then, of course, climbing out from under their rocks, there are the super greedy people who buy formula and then they resell it online for a huge profit. That's disgusting. Yeah. At any rate, the formula shortage, the recent one, started with a product recall by an Abbott facility in Michigan, where there were unsanitary conditions and contaminated products that led the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, to shut it down. They knew the place was unsanitary. They knew that unsanitary conditions could, and in fact did, contaminate products. And the products included formula for babies. Abbott, one of the biggest suppliers of baby formula, was allowing unsanitary conditions and contaminated products to be made for babies. 
Yeah. And babies and other people rely on this for their total nourishment. And the shutdown accounted for about 43% of the total formula that's usually consumed. It is a huge percent, really. That's a lot of babies not getting their formula. What are they getting? Well, that's the question. What do you do if you can't get formula for your baby? So basically, the United States policies and regulations allow just a few companies to consolidate formula production, making huge profits and creating massive supply chain issues during the pandemic. Yeah, that sounds a lot like monopoly. Three brand names, Abbott, Mead Johnson, and Nestle, they supply 98% of all formula. Imagine that, three companies providing almost 100% of the formula in this country. Right. And the rest is either imported, which is a teeny tiny amount, or supplied by a company called Perigo that produces store brands for places like Walmart, CVS, and Target. So basically, the Abbott plant had a kind of a monopoly on a large amount of specialized formulas, and thousands of people need them to keep their babies or themselves healthy and nourished. Right. And that was contaminated. Yeah. So they reopened their factory soon after the shutdown on the condition of having to have regular health and safety audits under FDA oversight. But then... They were forced to close again less than two weeks later because there was flooding from torrential rains. Okay. All right. That's a whole other issue. We're not doing climate change right now, (laughs) but it's all related. Well, it is. And also, you know, why do they have baby formula being made in a place susceptible to this? Good question. Which could also contaminate stuff. Yeah. So meanwhile, the formula crisis left millions of our most vulnerable citizens, including infants and children, no access to affordable food and nutrition. That's here. That's right in the United States, an extremely wealthy nation where nobody should want for food. There was no access to baby formula for so many people. And really, it comes down to, it's all because of the capitalistic, monopolistic greed that comes before decency in our country. Yeah, on that topic, there is a current proposal on the table that Kroger, the second largest grocery store in America, wants to merge with Albertsons, the fourth largest grocery store in America, which will make the second even stronger, possibly move it to first place. Who knows? But that's a big monopoly. Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds like it could make the situation even worse, really. It is like a monopoly. And it won't just affect baby formula, although I'm sure it will, but for so many things that people need, now there's less competition. So price gouging, greed. That's our whole food supply. The entire U.S. food system already relies too heavily on a small number of big corporations that control a major share of everything food related from everyday grocery items to farms and grocery stores. And We just don't prioritize the needs of infants, working parents, people with disabilities or health issues, people in certain communities, you name it, anyone who is in need, we don't prioritize them. Yes, you know, I didn't realize that there's specialized formula that people with certain disabilities need for their health. 
the formula crisis was just one glaring example of the way our entire food system doesn't work to make sure that everyone gets enough to eat. While this was going on, while it was in crisis mode, I talked to clients of mine who's, you know, a baby needs a special formula because she can't digest cow's milk. So she needs a special soy formula or a a pre-digested kind of, yeah, I don't know what they call it, but they're so expensive and they're hard to find. And then she couldn't find it at all. And like, it's a question is, well, what do you do? Yeah. Your baby still has to eat. Yeah. So baby formula is a bit of a unique case because since formula is so important to the health of our babies and children, about half of it is actually purchased by state agencies and it's distributed through a special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children called WIC. That is an attempt to help out moms who don't have the financial means. And federal law has requirements about where WIC agencies have to purchase their formula. They develop these competitive contracts with certain companies, which are then exclusive. Yeah, instead of finding the least expensive and getting more. So companies that win the contracts agree to sell to WIC with financial rebates, but the perks to the companies for doing this include being you know, used as a sole source provider for WIC. That's tons of baby formula. Yeah, which means their products get referrals by doctors and front and center shelf placement so that the WIC moms can find it. So their business increases even with people not purchasing through WIC because it's front and center. Yes, it's always about profit. And in this case, profiting off the poor. Any way you cut it, policies limiting access to infant formula take the biggest toll on low-income working moms who are more likely to depend on infant formula so that they can keep working. Right, because the conditions for breastfeeding your child while you work are almost non-existent in this country, especially for people who are lower socioeconomic status. And people with certain medical conditions who are unable to breastfeed, like people being treated with chemo or who have medical issues for which they have to take medications that would prevent them from breastfeeding, they're also seriously affected. And breastfeeding is a choice. I mean, not everybody wants to, and that shouldn't be judged, and they should have options. Of course. For some people, the high cost of formula, even without the national shortage, and this answers, you know, some of the questions about what do you do, they get forced to dilute the formula or make their own homemade version with other kinds of milk that that don't have the needed nutrition, really. And they don't know what they're doing. I would be afraid to do that myself. And you're not supposed to dilute formula. There's warnings on the, on the containers. Of course. But what do you do if you have nothing else to give your baby? Agreed. So obviously this can lead to serious health risks and malnutrition, which affect infants and it can affect them for their entire lives by impacting their intellectual, physical, emotional growth. It is not good to dilute formula. And it's even worse if home formulas are used with babies who have serious allergies or metabolic disorders and really need specialized formulas to get the nutrients they need to survive. And those particular specialized formulas have always cost more, like I said. Yeah. Same for some people with certain disabilities or allergies with gastrointestinal conditions, metabolic disorders. A lot of these people need that specialized formula for their basic nutrition and survival. Right. WIC helps make infant formula affordable and accessible to low-income families, but it wasn't much help during the shortage. 
it's not like they stockpile it. They couldn't get it either. Exactly. Millions of people depend on federal food benefits and programs like WIC or SNAP or school meal programs or food banks for their next meal. These are important programs, but they were meant for emergencies or as supplemental aid for people struggling with temporary hunger, not for ongoing basic survival. But people are relying on them on a regular basis. And as we know, the U.S. produces enough food for everyone. Yeah, that's hard to understand. All the food the United States produces, and somehow we can't or don't figure out how to get the food to everyone who needs it in a way that guarantees food security instead of food insecurity. Imagine having to live not knowing where your next family meal is coming from over and over again, too, in a place where there's massive quantities of food being wasted and thrown out every day. Not being able to feed your child is pretty traumatic for parents and caregivers. Everybody needs access to affordable nourishment to live. Especially infants. Malnutrition in infancy can affect a child for the entire rest of their life. This country should be prioritizing that issue. It impacts education, social services, healthcare, future success in life. If we would just make the investment early in people's lives, I would go so far as to say free formula, it would pay off for the rest of their lives. The current administration did take some steps to increase supply in the short term, like airlifting formula from foreign suppliers and giving domestic formula producers priority and getting what they need to make more formula. And Congress also passed the Access to Baby Formula Act so that WIC users could temporarily buy formula other than the ones that were pre-approved in their special deal. But we basically really need longer-term solutions for not only infants and children, but for overall food insecurity, rather than waiting for the next national emergency. I think that national emergency is already happening since there is so much current food insecurity. Good point. The U.S. could do things like increase the number of suppliers here and also add foreign formula suppliers that meet FDA standards. Parents and caregivers using WIC could be given more options rather than having to use the benefits only for certain brands or certain sizes. This past September... 2022, not long ago, the White House held a conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. Yes, and a national strategy on these issues, hunger, nutrition, and health, was released soon after the conference, which we haven't yet read or really gotten into, so we don't know if it has any of these ideas in it. Well, maybe in a future podcast, we'll take a deeper dive into that. If you have any interest, you can find it at whitehouse.gov. It's 38 pages with another six pages of references, but does it really give us a way out of hunger? I don't know. That's a good question, Julie. There are also bills in Congress that would increase food production, food distribution and supply, especially during times of national or global challenges like pandemics. Like so many issues, hunger needs to be tackled from many perspectives. Suppliers, retailers, employers, people who make policies in their workplaces, and all of them should have in mind how to be supportive of parents and caregivers. Basically, the entire food system needs to be reimagined. 
hopefully that's what they did in the national policy. But honestly, we don't expect to find true solutions that will end hunger there. It's so hard to understand that. Why can't we find a way to end hunger when there's enough food and resources? It really shouldn't be that complicated. It shouldn't. And in the meantime, we can only keep hoping and keep pushing for systemic change to our inequitable food security system. By the way, there's an opportunity right now to not approve that big merger. That would be one step, yes. There are a lot of organizations locally, nationally, and globally working to end food insecurity. Locally in the Philadelphia area, Phil Abundance does good stuff. Or you can start in general with nokidhungry.org, which is the only national campaign committed to ending childhood hunger in the United States. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.